We took about four weeks and we did a series called Gifted, and it was about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we would not be good leaders, shepherds, teachers, pastors if we also didn't teach about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because so many times people are more, they lean more into the giftings of the Holy Spirit than they do the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And there's an amazing balance that we have to understand. It would be like me liking one part of my wife that I'm in covenant with, but not embracing the other parts of her. It'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? You know, hey, by the way, she looked taller today. Must have been the heels or something, but I looked down and was like, hey, she kind of almost looks like a tall blonde redhead now. Anyway, just crazy. I love the no wrinkles thing too. That was pretty good. Yeah. But so in Galatians 5, 23, we're going to continue on with this. And I'm going to call, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down rewired this morning. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. No law. How many of you like laws? We don't like law, but we need law. And when you think you don't like law, and then you're in a situation where there's no law, you realize, I need some law right here. Right? I mean, we do. I I mean, we we fret against it. We do. It's like, who made that speed limit? This is not a 35 mile an hour zone. I should be able to go 55 all day long. Right? We do. Until you're the lady, you're the mom with the stroller that's walking down the side of the road and somebody's going 55 in that 35 and then you go, oh, hey, 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 there's a law here. Right? So we balance this tension. We do. And, and, and so, when we get into this, it's interesting how the early apostles, I'm going to get back to that in a moment, but the early apostles and writers placed a different emphasis on, on the giftings and the, and, the, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The apostle Paul illustrates that the Spirit saves and seals and rewires in my own word. And then you look at, 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 at basically... Uh, John and Luke emphasize that the Spirit is working through us to make Jesus famous. And, which is, it's all true. And in Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes about the works. Somebody say works. The works of the flesh. But then he also writes about the fruit of the Spirit. And what really struck me is the flesh will always work. Flesh always wants to work. Think about that. Or your flesh doesn't want to work. It wants to work and it doesn't want to work. Right? It wants to work when it's time to eat and it's all good. Doesn't want to work when it's time to work out. Right? I mean, how many of you 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 just realize, hey, I need to get some exercise? Like exercise. I know it's E-X-E-R-C-I-S-E, but that's a four-letter word. Your flesh doesn't want to. But the Spirit will always produce fruit which testifies about the process that's happening inside of a person. And one of the fascinating things, I love this, about observing children is seeing the resemblance of both parents in them. You know, sometimes you see the little red hair and you go, oh, I see mom. And then sometimes you just see some of the facial features and I see dad. 
And it's kind of weird because as they grow, things morph. They, they do. You know, they, they, they're, they're something different. Uh, my, my younger son takes a lot more after his mother than he does me as far as just, you know, features and all this. My older son looks like kind of like almost little, he's a little, you know, shorter and stouter, but he's a, he's a, he's a mini me more of me. Isn't it crazy? And then you see, you see mannerisms. You know, the mannerisms of children, you know, where, they, oh, I see your mom in that, I see your dad in that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so the Holy Spirit in us is producing fruit that's confirming, think about this, is confirming that we are God's children and duplicating the person and personality of Jesus in us. It's actually, the goal is to become more like Him. The goal is to be Right? I mean, it's to become more like, not, not to stay the way I am. God did not save you so that you could stay the way that you were. Thank Jesus. Right? But sometimes, some of that old stuff wants to like, you know, you know about the time like you feel like the old man's been kind of like, you know, put to death and crucified. Well, then he gets up again. Like some old Dracula movie or something, right? When my wife sees that instead of impatience, I'm patient, she's assured that Jesus in me is transforming me by the Spirit. When she sees that instead of being frustrated or angry, I'm peaceful, then she's assured that there's a rewiring process that's going on. When my children see that love is replaced hate and joy has replaced sadness and kindness has replaced a critical spirit, they're assured of the testimony that it's not just lip service or a dry religion. Come on, we can all put on the dog for a while on the outside. But it's what's happening on the inside. And the rewiring that's happening on the inside. And the gifting, gifts will get you into the room, but character will keep you in the room. And even the gifts of the Holy Spirit, so to speak, will get you into the room. But it's character that keeps you in the room. And the characteristic and the character that we need is the character of Jesus. And it's produced by the indwelling and the rewiring of the Holy Spirit. See, I, I grew up in this agricultural area. And my folks had a cherry orchard when I was growing up. And I remember making money by thinning and picking and pruning changing sprinklers and all of that stuff. I mean, I don't hardly eat cherries to this day. I mean, I will, but I ain't going to go look for them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I like them, but it's like, man, flashbacks, you know. And, and, and so when I think about that, it, it takes work to produce fruit. Fortunately for us, it's the work of the Holy Spirit inside that produces the fruit. So I want you to grab a hold of this. For it is God, in Philippians 2.13, says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. And our part of the partnership, or our part or partnership, is actually responding to the Holy Spirit. And the evidence of our response testifies that we're being rewired from the inside out. When you look at Galatians chapter 5, and it lists nine aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, 
There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's a balance as we seem to lean more into giftings, as I said earlier. It's testifying that you've been changed or rewired or transformed. The goal is transformation. Be not, Romans 12.2, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so as we, as we dig into this, um, I, I love what Pastor Stephen said last week about different things, different people that God uses to, in us to produce fruit. The Holy Spirit's working in us, but the book of James say that trials and tribulations produce something. Now, when you're in the middle of a trial, when you're in the middle of that tension, it's hard to think positive about, okay, this is so cool that I'm just getting blasted right here because God's producing something in me. I mean, even when you hear somebody say that, you think you are a freak, right? But really, that's what James is saying. He's saying, consider it all joy, my brothers. Okay, how can I walk in joy when this catastrophe is happening? But it brought me back to my mom in her garden. Um, weeding and watering and just being consistent and then letting things grow. And it takes time and we're all about the one-shot wonder. We're all about the great experience. But can I just tell you the holy goosebumps don't last? I mean, those are the times when that are essential and that we need to meet God. But I'm telling you what, there's a consistency in walking where the fruit of the Spirit is is being produced in you. One of the things I remember doing as a kid growing up was, you know, getting the, 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 the strawberries all planted and then going to somebody's place that had horses and getting a, a whole pickup load of horse manure. I'm telling you what, we had the biggest strawberries. And it's always really weird on me that it took some poop to, to, to make it happen. Right? I mean, come on, let's just be real. Like, I don't know how that makes sense, but that's really good, right? And the pressure, you know, see, it's the pressure on our lives will reveal the fruit and the progress of the rewire. So it's easy to be, to love, to be patient, to be joyful, to be kind when things are going well, right? But it's harder when life shows up with a bed of you know what. That's probably going to produce something in your life. Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now listen, verse 3, He is like a tree, planted, planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, in all that he does he prospers. So the Bible is God's Word. And God's Word has a lot to say about bearing fruit. It's amazing if you just do a study on fruit, how much you find in the Bible that really refers to fruit. And I want you to notice that planted and rooted people produce fruit. We don't have a consistency of being planted and rooted people in our culture today. We got to get back and we got to understand what the word is saying. And I don't 
think that we understand the emphasis, the importance, or reward that God views fruit with. Let me give you a couple passages. Colossians 1, 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we've heard of your faith, pause, I love that. Faith makes a sound. Your faith actually does something and it makes a sound. Okay, so since we've heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love that you have for all the saints, there's two things. Your faith makes a sound, and then your love for all the saints is a testimony to other people. Man, they love each other. Does that mean they're all perfectly alike, perfectly in agreement? No. But they love each other. There's something there. Well, they'll know we are believers or Christians by our love for one another. And it says this, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing, as it does also among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. God from the beginning created plants and trees that would yield seed and fruit. God declared from the beginning in Genesis 1.22, and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the seas, let birds multiply. You were called and declared that you would be fruitful. Genesis 17.6, the word to Abraham was, I will make you so fruitful that you will become a nation. God has always commended men for being fruitful. Genesis 49.22 speaks of Joseph as a fruitful bough. Fruit was so important that in Exodus, the people were instructed and committed to bring the choice first fruits into his house. And the reward of walking in obedience to God's direction is amazing and included being fruitful. The sign of confirmed covenant with God was fruitfulness. Jesus said you'll know a tree by its fruit. It's crazy. Psalm 92, 12-14 says, The righteous will flourish like palm tree, there's that tree, and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They're planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. And the imagery there is one of trees and plants being planted and being fruitful. And it says, because in verse 14 it says, and they still bear fruit in old age. They're ever full of sap and green. Can I just say this? You don't get a, I'm old, get out of being fruitful because I'm old card. You, you, you don't. I mean, it's like, hey, we're actually called to be fruitful we're fruitful you know now some some of us are probably a lot got a lot of sap in us but we got to be fruitful right psalm 1 105 verse 24 now i love this this really this really like when i read this it just like something kind of exploded in my heart just there's kind of this fresh thing that came you know with the word of god just like spoke to me it said in psalm 105 24 and the Lord made His people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes. Look at the correlation. 
There's something there connected together about being fruitful and about being able to overcome. Think about that. See, we don't think of the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit as actually key strategies to overcome. Hmm. What are you saying? He made them fruitful and made them strong. We're, we're tied together, but we don't often think about fruit and strength, do we? I mean, we don't. Think about fruit and strength. If we think about fruit, it's like, I probably need to eat some more fruit. Right? Strength, I need to eat another. Steak, give me some steak. Right? If you think about food, you don't think about fruit and strength. You think about something else. Colossians 1, 9-10, through 10, and so... From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing the knowledge of God. You can't walk in a manner worthy of God, fully pleasing Him, unless there is fruit. It's tied together. It's the testimony of Jesus inside you. And the last part of Galatians chapter 5 always hits me. It always hits me. Let me read it again. This is not going to be a long message this morning. But I'm hoping that it, 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 it stirs something and, 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 and shifts something in us when we think of the importance of what God wants to do on the inside. We're so caught up with the outside. We are. Think about how much time, money, effort, etc., etc., that we spend on the outward stuff. Right? Come on, we do it. What if we spent half the time that we do on the inward stuff? I think life would be so much, you know, I was, I was uh, driving around the other day and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a news guy. I, I love to just like, you know, I mean, I read a paper, I'll listen to a thing, I'll watch this. I just like to, to kind of know what's going on. And I was listening to, you know, just a news channel. And I thought, you know what? This is depressing. Can we have like the good news channel? Seriously. And, and so I just, you know, I just flipped my, 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 my station over to the message or something. I think that's what it was, the message. And I just realized, man, I feel so much better. Just like, you know, worship and all this. And I feel, I've got to make sure that if I'm really committed to being rewired inside, that I'm guarding what's coming in inside. And if I'm not committed to, to, to doing stuff on the outside, I mean, what do we do? Okay, come on, what do we do when it comes to the outside? You know, we try to eat right. I mean, it's good. You want to steward your temple. You know, this is, the, this is what you get. But I'm, I mean, thinking, you know, we exercise and, and we put on, you know, I mean, sunscreen and lotions. And, you know, you don't think about that stuff when you're, when you're early on and you feel more kind of like, you know, hey, I'm immortal. But later on, as you know, the check engine light starts coming on a little bit more often. You start thinking about eating right, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking, look at the effort. I mean, if you go down into my basement, 
you know, we've got a full-size gym down there. We got a we got some free weights and we got some Nautilus stuff and I got a high intensity, you know, uh, workout machine and you know, I'm I'm getting Robbie into lifting and she's doing a great job and she hates it. I hear her groaning, you know, but she's good. But I'm thinking, what if we put half the effort into what we do on the outside into the inside? Mmm. Wow. I think it would transform the church. Because the church is not going to transform the culture by changing the outside. It's going to be by being changed on the inside. But listen to this. Galatians 5, 23 But the fruit of the Spirit... Is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The character and the fruit, I want you to hear this really clearly. The character and the fruit of the Holy Spirit enable us to intersect a hostile culture and be heard. Can I read that again? The character... And the fruit of the Holy Spirit enable us to intersect a hostile culture and be heard. This is so important. I was recently reading, I don't know why I do this, but I was reading about this terrible disease in the 16th and through the 18th century. And it was called scurvy. And I've heard about, okay, scurvy, take some vitamin C, blah, 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 because they used to have, you know, salted meat, blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize how devastating this was until I researched. I started being thinking about fruit, so I decided I was going to research scurvy. So for over 200 years, one of the most debilitating things that sailors would encounter would be scurvy. They lost up to half of everyone that was in that industry because of scurvy. And scurvy was a deficit, it was nutrient deficit uh, diet. Mainly vitamin C. But the effects of this thing would be, I mean, if you, if you read what it, so I thought, okay, scurvy, you know what I mean? You break out with a rash or something like that. No, it was terrible. I mean, they would have um, bones, that had um, been mended, and then because of scurvy, it would eat away uh, at the um, at the process of that healing, and these bones would break again. Uh, they, I mean, it was it was terrible, and I got to thinking about that, and it was a simple thing, really, where the where the British started realizing. Okay, if we take um, lemons, oranges, limes, that's why actually they call them limeys, then it prevents this. And so I was really kind of pondering this. Um, We don't often think of fruit of the Spirit as being a key to engaging in conflict with the sick and broken world, but we, because we tend to think of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we carry in us. The person of the Holy Spirit, we carry in us the cure. And the very fruit that's being manifest in your life is actually the remedy. Hmm. See, it's, it's the peace 
that the world is longing for. It's the hope that's not fulfilled in anything but Jesus. That's what we carry within us. Not only the giftings of the Holy Spirit, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that with the giftings of the Holy Spirit, as our, you know, we did our study for three or four weeks, you find that there's different giftings and as God apportioned to each, and there was you know, to this, that, and this, that, etc. But with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, uh-uh. It, it's not like, well, uh, I, I, just, I just got the love part. I don't really want the self-control part. You don't get to choose. It's all. Or it's nothing. Right? So, so, so when, we, when we look at this, and then, then this thing is, is against such things there is no law. The law, in, in essence, is a measuring stick. Right? The law is a standard. Even though sometimes we struggle with stuff, and then there's times when we need stuff and we're glad there's law. But you, so for example, you break the speed limit by going 70 in a 60, right? But then you find out that you're on a road. I remember years ago, years ago, a long time ago, you know, I'm living in Washington, it's like 55. And then I get an opportunity to go to Montana. It's like, whoa. Pedal to the metal, baby. And then you realize it's probably your good sense and good judgment that's inside you that goes, well, maybe 90's not so great. I got kids in the car. Right? But think about this. You show up to the hate fight with love. Mm, that will tick some people off. You... You show up to the sad fest with joy. I'm telling you what, there can be a collision. Because sometimes the sad fest just like it just breeds its own company. Somebody shows up with joyful and is like, I hate you. You're so joyful. Right? Think about this. Or you show up to the anxiety party with peace. You show up to the, the hurry party with patience. Oh, patience. You show up to the mean mugging with goodness and kindness. You show up with a what have you done for me lately consumer culture with faithfulness. Putting down some roots. Seeing through kind of grit. You show up to the cage of the rage party with self-control. And I wish I could sit here, stand here, I'm standing. And tell you, I got this whole thing figured out. About the time that you think you do, then God will reveal something to you that, hey, we got some stuff to work on. How many of you experienced that? Come on, there's half of you that are honest. Man, I was down, I was down in my, in, I was working out yesterday. And, um, you know, I got this like pull down, little pull down thing, and I did that, and I stick that back up on the rack, and and then basically I sit down, and I'm doing a row, and as soon as I did the first row, this little pull down thing, which is like this, I don't know, ten pound little metal thing, came off the clip and hit me right on the top of the head. The fruit of the spirit 
was not manifest in that moment. Can I tell you something? Just being honest. I just had to say, God, I'm going to preach on this, and I'm telling you right now, I need to repent first. Because it hurt, and then I got mad. (laughs) Oh, man. Just being honest with you. Can I have our worship team come up? There's a producing that's continuing to happen in our lives. And the fruit of the Spirit is actually the remedy. Sometimes we think, and sometimes it works like that. Sometimes we think it's that, that gifting of the Holy it's that It's that prophetic word they need. It's that word of wisdom they need. It's that word of knowledge they need. It's that, it's that gift of faith they need. Well, sometimes this is true. But the fruit, you just need that. Because there's something just like in that 200 year history between the 16th and the 18th century where it's like people were dying because of a deficiency and it was so simple and what they needed was they needed fruit that carried the very thing that changed a disease There's no law, there's no accusation that comes against the goodness, the love, the patience, the peace, the gentleness. In fact, those things change the atmosphere. When I show up relationally in a convoluted, tense situation and I show up with kindness, when I show up with gentleness, soft answer the Bible says turns away wrath and I don't think we we really because those aren't like wait a minute I never thought of fruit being like a weapon I'm here to wage warfare but I'm telling you what this is so essential so then we come away with a question how can the fruit of the spirit develop in me how can it develop in me? I think, what's my part in this? Well, my part is responding to the Holy Spirit. At John 15, 5, Jesus gives us the key. He says this, I'm the vine, and you are the branches who abides in me. He who abides in me, and I in him. There, He bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And the key is abiding in Christ. The key is abiding. The key key is spending the time, is, is making it a priority. The key is coming away and turning off the distractions and saying, Jesus, I need to get back to that first love, to that relationship that really is the only relationship that sustains me. And the more that I respond to that, the more that I find the Holy Spirit is working in my life and fruit is being produced. And then suddenly I'm walking with a greater patience. I'm walking with a greater gentleness. I'm walking with a greater kindness. I'm actually 
using love as a filter for everything that I do. And it's not that I'm focusing on, on trying to, well, I just need to be more patient and have more self-control. I just need, need more Jesus. And the more, that I, the, the more that I pray and the more that I stay and the more that I walk with Him and the more that I worship Him, the more that He softens my heart and the more that I can hear what He's trying to do in my life. Can you hear me today? Can you hear me today? Do you hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today? Can you move in that today? Because it's really a simple formula. Set aside more time. Spend more time. He's calling us into an intimacy. And when you lose intimacy, you lose communion. Communion. We did communion together. There's an intimacy about communion. And an intimacy about communion with Jesus leads to an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Maybe today you're experiencing or examining your heart and finding the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit being the testimony. Maybe you're finding yourself being anxious being unkind, being angry, being quick-tempered. It's time to abide again. Spend time again. Worship again. Make things of God a priority again. Can you just bow your heads and hearts with me for a moment this morning? Jesus, first of all, we always want to give an opportunity. You might be here you might have known about Jesus, but you've not never taken that step of faith to say, I open the door of my heart and I believe. That's the first step. That's the abiding. That's the step of faith. That's where you say, I'm believing in a way. And the biblical believing is not just being aware of, but it's actually saying, I believe and I profess and I confess. And it means you're transferring your loyalty into the kingdom of God. And you're saying, God, I'm yours. I am all yours. I need you. If that's you this morning and you've never made that profession of faith, confession of faith, I believe you, Jesus. You're the Son of God. You died. You're raised again on the third day. Today, I open my heart. And if that's you, because it's good to be in community. This is what we do in community. This will be the easiest place for you to profess your faith in a bunch of in a room full of believers. But if that's you and you've never made that confession, but you're saying, today, Pastor, I want to agree and give my life to this Jesus and profess Him Lord and Savior. I want you to just raise your hand and I am going to celebrate with you. 